Hi, I'm recording now. Okay, hello, strong friends. Hey, so today we have a special guest. We have Corina, AKA Courtney, or is it the, the other way around? I'm not even gonna try to pronounce your last name because I, I looked it up and I, had, I was like, I'm not gonna try to do it. So you know what, I can't even name. pronounce it either, so don't worry about it. How, how do you say it though? You Stricky. What? <laughs> you Stricky. You Stricky, okay, that sounds It's not too difficult. That's why we say Corina. <laughs> but when you see it written, it's totally different. Oh yeah, the letters and it's, yeah. Well, she's a powerlifter, powerlifter, entrepreneur, bodybuilder, uh, bikini model, taco eater, donut eater, beach mm -hmm. roamer. Um, what am bikini, I missing? Bikini collector? Bikini collector and anything else? Superstar. <laughs> Superstar. Why not? And While we're listing we all these things off, let's just throw that one in there too. Which one doesn't I think they all belong. Taco eater is like the biggest one, I think. Yes. Right? Like, so, uh, yeah, so she saw that. She's pretty cool and she's going to be on the podcast today. We're going to get to ask her a couple of questions to learn more about how she approaches her training, her life. And yeah, so I know you were a, a big, what's the word? You were a party animal back in the day. <laughs> I, I read that from one of your Instagram posts and... Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about those days when you were a party animal? They were fun. Um, so I'm from Canada. Our legal drinking age is 19. I started going to the bars when I was 16. And it was just an escalating series of events. Um, nothing bad ever happened, but I definitely had my fair share of literally unforgettable or unmemorable nights, uh, nights that I definitely didn't remember. Um, I just like to party and dance and be social. And I think it was, a, it was fun. It was a lot. Um, so I stopped drinking. It was the night of my 24th birthday. So I'm old, but seven years ago now. Um, so it just kind of got to the point where it was too much and my lifestyle was kind of changing. And that was like the last factor that needed to change in order for me to progress the way I wanted to, the way that my goals were aligned. So I said, Kayla, I got to stop drinking. So basically I ended up stopped drinking and just haven't really cared for it since. But those party days were, I'm not going to say they were like college girl party days, but they were definitely party days. Okay. What's the difference? Well, no wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> um, I think, it's, I hate admitting this, but I think I did have alcohol poisoning a couple times, didn't go to the hospital, which I probably should have. Um, dancing on the bars, getting free drinks all the time. Yeah. I can, I can totally like, see you doing all those things. Dancing like, on the bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I can totally see you like partying and being social, and yeah, 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 for sure. So, uh, how did you like make the the transition? Make the transition. Mm -hmm. Like what? What? What caused it? What? When do you say enough is enough? I need to like stop. So, the way it kind of worked was after.
after college, um, I started working at the bar and I was a promote, like a promo girl. So I was kind of walking around, basically getting paid to take photos with people. <laughs> How did my Instagram start? Right. Um, okay. so I wasn't always, I was at the bar, but I wasn't always drinking and I would just notice people's actions as they were drunk. And when you're sober, you notice things a lot more than when you're drunk. And I kept noticing the girls that were drunk and sloppy and kind of embarrassing. And I'm like, do I really look like that? Is that kind of what I'm like? And I definitely didn't want to be like that. And the more that I was exposed to it, the more I was aware of it. And the trigger that I had for me was I was going through a magazine and there was um, an ad for a bikini competition. And it was like, be the next fitness superstar or whatever. And I was like, okay, I want to do that. And at that point I had finished college. I started working out at the gym. I was eating better, but it was like the drinking that was kind of like my downfall because obviously when you party on the weekends and you drink a lot, then it's, then it leads into like the eating, the street meat and the bad foods and it would just kind of spiral on. So that was like the one thing. And I said, if I want to do this competition, I need to cut out drinking at least for the eight months that I want to do this competition. And then after that, I can reintroduce it. Basically, I didn't do the competition. Um, it didn't align with my lifestyle at that point. It wasn't kind of what I wanted to do as I got into it. And basically, at that point, I was like, well, I went so long without drinking and I don't really care for it. And I don't want to be compared to the other drunk girls at the bar. So at that point, I honestly just stopped. And it's not that I stopped because I felt like I had to in order to reach my, um, my goals with my nutrition and training, but it just didn't align with my lifestyle anymore. And that's kind of why I don't really care for it now. That's, that's awesome. And you like stop cold, like, like come to yeah. now on, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to party. Or do you still party after that? Um, I think I probably went out to the bar maybe like five or six times, but because I wasn't drinking and because it was still such a new change for me, it was very hard. So they weren't overly enjoyable nights out. Now I still go out dancing sometimes here, go out and have fun. I like, I love to go and dance, you know that. Um, but yeah, I just, it was a bit of a hard transition, but I definitely don't miss it. Um, that's who I was and this is who I am now. And uh, so how do you deal with, with the people? Because I, I'm guessing you had a lot of party friends and they were used to going out with you, drinking with you, and all of a sudden you stopped like hanging out with them. And I know that many people struggle with that because they want to like make the transition to a healthier life. And then they, they got all these people like pulling them back, like saying like, what the fuck, why are you doing this? Like, who are you? So how, how do you deal with that? It was hard um, because I was still young. I was still only 24 and obviously that's still like your prime time to go out and party and drink with friends. So it was a hard transition at first. I will be completely honest and say I did lose a lot of friends because of that. And now looking back on it now, obviously it sucks because they were some of my best friends. But if my friends didn't respect the fact that they couldn't hang out with me because I didn't want to drink. And like, what does that say? You know what I mean? So it, it was hard at the beginning. I did have a lot of other supportive friends and it kind of made me realize who my friends are and what kind of people I want to surround it with. Um, but when I, when I tell my clients now, if they're 
looking to stop drinking. I have a couple clients that say, I don't really want to drink, but my friends want to go out and stuff. So I just say like, stick to your choices. If it doesn't align with your lifestyle, then if you do have friends that really support you, they should be able to respect your decisions and respect your choices by someone going out to the bar or going out for a night with a bunch of friends and one person isn't drinking, that shouldn't negatively affect the other people right? That's your choice. And you can do what you want. If you want to wear that blue shirt, I'm not going to judge you. And it's not going to affect my life, right? So <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly talking to you. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of own your choices and be confident. And sometimes you have to lose things in order to make room for new opportunities. So like it, it happens. And sometimes you do lose friends, but it's just kind of how life goes. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you got to decide what's more important, like not pissing off your friends or achieving your goals. Yeah, exactly. Are you drinking and you don't want to? And sorry, if you don't want to drink, but you're still drinking because you don't want to make your friends upset, then like, what does that say about other areas of your life? And what does that say about your own goals and your own self-respect, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, I know that you're big into flexible dieting. And I know, I don't know if you follow that. I think you do, but I know for sure that you have your clients do flexible dieting. So why don't you tell, like, explain what, what that means or how, like, how, what's the philosophy behind it? I like flexible dieting because I think it's a very balanced lifestyle. And we all have this different view of the word balance. It's like how people deem the word perfect. Um, but I think for like my clients are lifestyle clients. No one's doing fitness competitions. No one's trying to get lean and shredded and super bulky. It's just my clients are women around my age, around 30, 40 years old that just want to live like a healthy lifestyle. And I think flexible dieting teaches a lot of really healthy and sustainable protocols and teaches athletes a lot. So it's like, yes, you can still have ice cream and Ben and Jerry's every single night if you want to, but there are other options and you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm going to have this piece of cake. I need like my whole weekend's ruined or whatever. There's still opportunities to improve. And I think more so flexible dieting just teaches a lot of really smart, not only life lessons, but how to be more aware of your nutrition choices. So basically the concept of flexible dieting in very short terms, it's eat whatever you want, as long as you hit your macro targets and you can reach your goals. It is that to a very like broad overview, but it's so much more than that. You can go eat Big Macs and like deep fried chicken every single day. And yeah, you can still probably hit your macro targets, but you're probably going to feel like shit. Your training performance isn't going to improve. And does deep fried chicken align with your goals? So just because it can fit your macros doesn't mean it fits your lifestyle. And that's something that I really preach with my clients. Um, a lot of people have sensitivities too. So just because you can go out and eat junk food, well, maybe it's not good for you. Maybe it doesn't align with your lifestyle. So flexible dieting, I think, is a really balanced and important tool for a lot of people to understand if nutrition and body composition goals are very important to people. I don't think it's everything. I know that it doesn't work for some people just because of their lifestyle. It's not that that kind of diet doesn't work. It's that it doesn't work for their lifestyle. And I absolutely res um, respect and support that. But I think for a lot of people, just learning a lot of the tools that flexible dieting offers, I think that can really help a lot of people. And that's why, that's why I offer it to my clients. And that's why I've personally been so successful with it too. That's awesome. And so when you're flexible dieting, you pretty much you can eat whatever you want in, I mean, 
up to a certain point. Do you, so do you like track, do you have your plans to track calories or do you track calories? How, how, how does it work? Like we, if they go eat, if they go eat like KFC or pizza, do they like uh, subtract that, those calories from the pizza from the total calories or, or I don't know. So we focus on macronutrients. So tracking calories is good. Um, but if you want to get into the finer details, like flexible dieting, it's tracking your protein, carbohydrates. Now with my clients, we do dig a little bit deeper. We track things like sodium and fiber levels, just understand balances. I think that's more important for women, especially as we get bloated and we gain five pounds overnight and we think that we're fat. So I think being aware of the sodium and fiber is also very important. But my protocol with my athletes is we track protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And then from those numbers, that's where you get your total calories from. Now I do offer different, I guess, helpful hip, helpful hints for my clients. Um, so say they are going out for a meal and they don't know what the macronutrients are. It's just kind of like guesstimating, making smart changes. And I teach them some smart, smart protocols with that. But at the end of the day, as long as clients are for the most part hitting total calories and then protein intake, I like to be a little bit more loose with that as well, but mostly flexible dieting is protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And then from those numbers, that's where you'll get your total calories from. Okay. That's awesome. I like that. You know, I need to be able to try sometime. I might hire you to teach me how to do it. Don't you? So, <laughs> so, um, I know you're uh, right now getting prepped for a bikini competition. Yeah, look at those biceps, look at those guns. Damn. <laughs> so uh, how's that going? Like how, how have you changed your, like your nutrition, your training for this competition? It's exciting to talk about it because to be honest, I haven't talked about it yet, but I am gonna yeah. talk about it. It's really exciting. Um, it has been a challenge. And I've gone through a few different hurdles. So it's been, it'll be 10 weeks in total. So I, I have one more week. Um, so nine weeks in, I've learned a lot. The first, the hardest thing for me was, so we did hire a coach. I'm going to say that I hired a coach, even though I do know how to do flexible dieting, even though I am very lean to begin with, I did hire a professional who has done many, many fitness and bodybuilding competitions before and him and his team know exactly what to do and I would much rather trust someone who knows what they're doing than me trying to guess. So we transitioned from flexible dieting so I could eat whatever I want as long as I hit my macros to rigid meal plan and doing flexible dieting for over six years I've really learned how to master that with my lifestyle and going from that to a rigid meal plan especially when we're here in Mexico, we're going out to the islands, we're eating all this delicious fresh seafood, we're having tacos all the time. That was the hardest thing for me. And I'm very rigid and disciplined. And if I commit to something, I'm going to follow through. So I knew it needed to get done. So I did it. But it was a very hard learning curve for me. Um, the reason why we did transition from flexible dieting to a strict meal plan is because it eliminates variables. So when my body is used to eating the exact same thing, certain times of the day, all the time, that's how we can make fine tune adjustments in body composition. 
And obviously with bikini competition, they're literally judging you on your body. So all the fine details matters, all the fiber, the sodium intake, your digestion, bowel movements, like all of that stuff is so, so important to make sure you look like absolutely perfect on stage. That was a big transition for me. Um, We were doing a strength training program and for nine weeks now, I've been training two times a day, five or six days a week. And that is challenging. It was fine, but like my rest days, I rest hard. So I'm like dead on the bed because I just like need to chill out. And especially being so hot here, it's those, those days are very chill days. Um, some of the training sessions were harder, just trying to like grind through and through, but I have, I have not skipped a workout or a training session, which I'm extremely proud of so far. The last couple of weeks have been a little bit more harder just because we have cut calories. And if, for those who are listening, who are listening, if you know anything about me, I have not been trying to diet or cut calories in a very, very long time. So me trying to limit my caloric intake, that was very hard for me and seeing my strength go down at the gym. That was like a big mindset shift for me. Um, but I know this is like a certain thing that I want to do. And then afterwards, focus on eating more and powerlifting. So there's definitely been a couple challenges. Um, between the transition of the meal plan and the strength loss. Honestly, strength hurt me more mentally because there was one point, I don't know if you were at the gym, but I was doing deadlifts and I did not have the strength that I did the week before. And there was a slight thought in my mind where I don't know if I want to do this because I just really wanted to deadlift heavier weight. But other than that, it's been really fun. It's been really enjoyable. Um, I'm really liking the process. I'm practicing my posing every single day. I got my bikini, got my heels. I'm being all girly girl now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just excited to have fun. And it's a whole new experience for me. It's in a different country. I don't understand the language. I'm getting spray tan and walking around in high heels that I haven't worn in like since my bar <laughs> days, so, like seven years ago. So I really, I'm just, I'm going to have fun. Obviously, I'm going to do my best, but I'm not going to take it to heart. I am in a good way, but not negatively. So if I come in dead last place, I'm totally okay with it because I need to start somewhere. It's like with powerlifting or any sport or anything you do, you have to start somewhere. So it's been interesting to say the least. What, uh, so how detailed you have to get when tracking your food with a new meal plan? I have to follow the exact same thing every single day. And is it like up to the point where they tell you how much salt to add to your food? No. So there hasn't been a restriction of salt or water. And I don't think we're going to get to that point. Um, The last week I've been really like spot on with my physique and he doesn't want me like getting any smaller than what I am. So I'm very happy with that, which means I don't have to cut more calories. Sometimes with fitness competitors, things like fiber and sodium matter, water retention, it totally depends on the person. But I know that my pre-workout meal is 100 grams of bassa fish and like 150 grams of white rice. And I eat it and I go train and I stop caring about how glamorous a meal is. It's like, this is fuel and this is what I need to do. Like, it's something I'm committing to. It's a service I'm paying for from my coach. The last thing I'm going to do is like not follow my plan and then get pissed off that I spent all this money doing this prep and I don't even do well. Yeah. What's so, uh, what, what, what have you enjoyed the most from the prep so far? 
my respect for other competitors. I've really, really enjoyed learning about the process and how much discipline they have. Because I know that some people do these competitions and they will spend like two years preparing for one show. And I was lucky enough to start at, I'm not sorry, I'm not lucky enough. I've technically been unintentionally preparing this, but when I started this, this prep, I was in a very good position. Um, my strength training was up. I was eating a lot of calories. I already had a really lean physique. So the process for me was, I would say, easier than what a lot of people would go through for their first show. But I have learned how much discipline and commitment that a lot of these fitness competitors need because it's not that like you can't skip your sessions and you can't just say, well, screw this. I'm just going to have a cheat day because literally everything you do every action has a reaction and this show or these kind of shows speak so much more loudly than like if I was a power lifter and I just went on stage and like ate a big cheat the day before and then lifted a bunch of weight, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's the really fine details that are important, getting the right amount of sleep and not getting sunburned because I'm not causing like water inflammation or water retention and skin inflammation. Like, yeah, by the way. <laughs> wow. I don't know. You couldn't get tan. Really? No, I can, but I can't get sunburned. Oh, okay. So you have to be like, you yeah. can't be for a long, I, I've been in the sun for a long time. Why you're more dark than me right now, because I cannot oh, get. No wonder sunburned. you're like getting a little whiter. <laughs> so what's, uh, what's going to be your, your meal after the prep? Are you going to have a cheat meal? What's it going to be? I, the only two things I want right now are steak and mango. <laughs> all okay. I want. So I think we're going to Bovino's afterwards because all I want is like steak. Are you going to mix them in a bowl, steak and mango? Probably. Maybe sprinkle some creatine on top. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Secret so, so ingredient, folks. Creatine sprinkle on top of steak. That's cool. So I want to transition a little bit into, into work because I know that, that you're very successful in what you do um and there's many fitness coaches that are trying to build their business online and many fail and many give up so what do you think has been the thing or the one thing that has made you stand out or stay doing it for a long time and succeed succeed at it not having a backup plan that's like my biggest thing when people have an option b you're already setting yourself up for failure with option A. That's kind of, that's how I see it. So when, so I, before this, I was a graphic designer. Once I got out of graphic design and started personal training, um, I had a gym in my backyard. So I was doing the personal training in the gym. I started building my online coaching services, but I wasn't able to fully go online because I was relying, which I didn't need to, I was relying on the personal training clients in the gym. And I was like, you know what, like, once I get rid of these personal training clients, I'll be able to be fully online. I can go travel. I can do whatever I want. And I was holding on to that. And that was always like my fallback. And it was literally holding me back. And I got to the point one day where I was like, I need to have this talk with my clients. And I said, you know what, after this date, I'm not going to be personal training anymore. So I got rid of that fallback plan. And I said, I need to put all of my time, all my effort, all my energy and not give up into my online business 
And literally within two months of that, my client intake doubled because wow. I was so focused. And I was like, I don't have a fallback plan. I don't have another job. I'm not going to go work for someone else now. Like, I don't have another option. I have to be successful in this. So I'm going to do what it takes. There were a lot of times where I failed at things, but it was me not giving up. So I think not having a fallback plan and having the perseverance is what's going to make any, any entrepreneur successful. Yeah. I think the, the fallback plan is, is the biggest one because I had people, a, I had a, yeah, go ahead. People always say like, Oh, when I, you know what, after, after this year, when I have X amount of money or when I, when I pay this off, like, stop putting that off, just make it happen and then move on to the next thing. I, I hear people all the time like, yeah, maybe next year, like once, once I make enough money, then I'll start my entrepreneur business. Like, well, what if you don't, then you're forever going to be stuck in that nine to five desk job that you absolutely hate, never pursuing what you actually love. 100% agree. And it's the same thing when you talk to someone and they tell you, yeah, uh, I really want to do your program, but um, I'm not ready right now. I think let's talk in two months. In two months, I'll be 100% ready. And right there, you know that that person is never going to start. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. Those are no offense, but those are the clients that I don't want to work with anyway. And I'm sure you can agree with too. Those are the ones that just make up excuses and they're just not happy with life. Exactly. So what's, uh, what's your work routine like? like I know you, you're pretty, very systematic in how you function in your days. Um, what's, so tell us a little bit, mm. how do you structure your days? What do you do, et cetera? I get up sometime between, usually it's around 5 a.m. That's just kind of my natural wake up time that I'm used to. And the rest of the world is still sleeping and it's beautiful. So, do you use an alarm? No. Oh, okay. That's well, it's also because I go to bed at like 10 o'clock. So when I wake up at five, I'm well rested. And that's just, I can't remember the last time I've set an alarm other than if I have to go to an airport or something. Um, so I get up at five o'clock, make my coffee and start working. And it's usually just catching up on some stuff from the night before, doing a couple emails, just getting prepared, doing client programs. And then between usually about 5.30 and 10 o'clock, I really, really focus on getting all my clients replied to. So with my client roster, I split them up into different check-in days. So every, every day of the week, other than Tuesdays, I have about seven or eight clients that check in with me. They have a deadline of 10 a.m. to submit their weekly check-ins. So I know by 10 a.m. I self-obligate uh, to work. So before 10 a.m., I'm focused on my clients. That's, that's my work time, and I'm very, very productive because I try to get it done. Then after that, I usually go to the gym, part one. I go train for an hour and a bit, come back, food, shower, do a bit of client follow-ups, and then go to the gym, part two, come back, chill for a little bit, maybe take a nap in the sun when I can. And then in the evenings, I'll probably spend about another 30 minutes to an hour of light check-in work. And the reason why I say light is because usually by then I'm really tired. Most of my clients, they've already been communicated with, so we already have a clear understanding. And that's not my prime time.
time for working. My prime time's in the morning. So that's when my brain is like super on and super focused. I know that by the end of the day, I'm really tired. So I don't want to have to be thinking and half-assing like my replies or my programming or anything. So my work hours are more so in the morning, but there is a little bit of work that I do take care of throughout the day. I am very disciplined in this. And I think this is really important as an entrepreneur. Um, I have a planner right here that has like everything outlined because I need to stay organized. Like I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of things to do. I have, I'm very structured. I'm very OCD um, in that sense, but that's also what's helped me to be very successful is because I can stay very organized with my business. That's pretty awesome. I like the planner. Thanks. I'm going to get one too. Um, so do you, do you, do your days, are your days always the same or do you take a, like, how do you plan your days? Is it just like you told me the same structure every day or does it change? You take some time planning out your days in the morning, what you're going to do. How do you decide exactly what to do? So Sunday evenings, I do my weekly content. So that means I will do my social media, whether it's podcasts, Instagram, YouTube videos, what needs to get done, what um, newsletter I want to send out for the week. So all my business content, I make sure that I have all of my appointments double checked and nothing's overlapping. I do a couple follow-ups just to make sure um, meetings are on time. And everything's still scheduled, but usually Sunday evenings are my like reflection for my week. Other than, I would say those, that's usually like an, an average of what my days are. Rest days are a little bit different. Um, I will spend a little bit more time doing client check-ins. I will take a nap, chill, <laughs> um, fill, fill my time when I'm not training with usually just resting. But for the most part, that's that's kind of my routine and I like it. It's not that I feel like I'm forced to work or I feel like, Oh, I have to, I have to do this or I have to do that. Like I, I really like what I do. And that's, that's what I've learned over the last four years is the best routine for me right now. That's awesome. Do you ever take rest days? like completely like where you don't do any type of work or don't think about work at all. And how do you plan those? Tuesdays are my rest days from clients because, because just like anyone, we all need weekends or we need like a day. So Tuesday is my day where I have no obligation to talk to clients. I have no obligation to talk to anyone. Um, clients respect that. They understand that. They're fully aware of it from the very first day that we work together is if you reply to me on Tuesday, other than if I decide I want to reply, I'm really not likely going to. And I force myself, even if I do see their message, I might write their message and save it as the draft, but then don't send it for the next day just to ensure that we have a respect of schedules and timing and privacy. Um, but Tuesdays are my days where if I do not want to talk to a single client, if I don't want to do any work, I make sure that the rest of my week is scheduled accordingly so that that can happen. So it does take a little bit of planning to make it happen. But when I have those Tuesday mornings come around, I just kind of lay in bed a little bit longer, maybe have a second coffee. And I'm like, I don't have to talk to anyone today. And it's nice. <laughs> how, do you do, how do you decide to make it Tuesday? So my, when I started my business, my online coaching, it was clients did check-ins on Sundays. And then the Sundays were getting busier and then they were Friday, Saturdays. And it just kind of spread out. And to, at, there was one point where it was like, 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays where I didn't have any clients and I just had to decide which day I wanted to put this client on and Tuesday stayed open. So I was like, okay, I'm going to block out Tuesdays. And then that was it. So as I, I'm actually working on transitioning my business a little bit now, just kind of reshaping the structure a little bit, um, offering a new, few new services. And I'm, my plan is to make a second chill day for me, maybe on, maybe kind of switch the days around, maybe start working Tuesdays, but do like a Sunday, Wednesday or a Thursday. And we'll see how that goes because the more effort and energy I put into my business, I believe the more rest that I also need or the more chill time. So it's not just like, it's not always more, more, more to be more successful. Sometimes you need to, you need to do less. So it might transition soon. Yeah, I to totally agree. And at least it's, it's really, for me, at least it's really hard to disconnect, fully disconnect, like from work, like just not to think about it. But I find that whenever I manage to disconnect, like for one day or two days where I don't do any type of work, when I come back, I'm like 10 times more productive. Like in an afternoon, I can do like 10 times more work than an average day where I'm not, where I haven't been disconnected for like over a week. It's like when you do a deload week in training, right? It kind of sucks or maybe you get like a little bit of anxiety and you're like, oh my God, I want to get back into it. But then when you do get back into it, you're like, shit, I needed that. And it was really hard for me at my at first when I was starting my business because my mindset is, and I'm sure like many entrepreneurs who are trying to be successful, is the hours that you're awake, you can be working and making money. So that's been my mindset for like four years. And every time I did take a rest day, especially on Tuesdays, it's been like, okay, well, what can I do on Tuesday to kind of get ahead of the game? Like, what can, what can I do for my business? And it's probably only been like, I wouldn't even say a full year where I finally accepted like what I need to do and our rest days, just like a training program, just like anything. Like you need those days to just chill out and that will hopefully prevent burning out. It will give you more energy and more awareness with your clients. It'll make you more focused, more business driven, more successful so that when you are working, you're much more productive. Yeah, I think that those rest days will actually keep you ahead of the game, like Absolutely. forcing yourself to having those, to have those rest days. So I was, I was like uh, going through your website uh, before we logged in and I saw that you're big into like setting goals and how do you set goals and how you follow through. So what do you tell us a little bit about what the process, what's the process that you follow to set goals for yourself and how do you make sure you follow through your goals? With my goals? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I hold myself accountable. One thing I've learned with my goals and a lot of my goals now, I almost know what the outcome is going to be or I know what to expect based on past experiences with my goals. So I know that the work that I put in is going can to you help share, me. Be can you share a couple of your goals? So goals would be like um, having, making a certain amount of money with my business. I'll, I'll do like a business one. A strength training one would be like, I want to be able to deadlift 300 pounds. And a personal one would be like, I want to move to Mexico or I want to be like fully stable online in my career. So in order for that to happen, I had to set up realistic expectations 
I had to look at trends of data that I've collected. Like I said, with my planner, I'm super OCD and scheduled and organized. So I do have a lot of data. So if I'm using the, the deadlifting, for example, I know that when I followed a stru structured program, I know that when I fuel my body and get the rest that I need and everything, I can achieve that. I know that there's certain resources I need to obtain. There's certain people I need to reach out for, for assistance, but I know that if I do follow through, I will be successful. And for any goal, that's what helps me stay motivated. I know I have a goal and it's important to me for whatever reason. And that's how I stay focused on it. And I know that there's going to be an accumulation of shitty days. And as you get closer and closer to the, to the goal, the shitty days are going to happen more and more often. Usually if you're fatigued or you're tired or you're just not feeling motivated, but it's, those are the days where when you push through, you get so much more ahead. So being focused on goals, I think it's, it's really big challenge and a lot of it's mindset and a lot of it is practice and application. Um, did that answer the question? Yeah. I feel like I was kind of side of it <laughs> no no it's awesome and how do you decide what goals to set like how do you make sure that that the goals that you're setting are like reachable they're not like too far out or they're not too easy like what do you have a criteria that you follow or um kind of i i think i do think about what's realistic and especially with my lifestyle um and i do think about what makes me happy so there's no point in me achieving a goal if it's not going to make me happy. If, say, I want to be the best bikini competitor in Mexico, well, I'm probably going to have to do a lot of things that I don't want to do, and it's going to be really challenging, and it's going to consume my lifestyle, and I might have to move forward or give up powerlifting. And that's not really going to make me happy. And to be honest, it's not going to be realistic either because there's a lot of things I would have to do that I probably wouldn't want to do. Um, so I, I set small goals, but for me, what works is I set them out of reach, but not so far out of reach where it's unrealistic. So I know that when I compete in powerlifting in December, I have, I do have big goals and I know that over the next four months, I'm going to have to be really focused on them. But when I do stick through with those goals, I know that I'm going to achieve them and I'm going to be so damn happy when it happens. That's awesome. What's uh, what's the uh, one advice you'd give fitness coaches that are trying to build their business online? Oh, stop being stupid. <laughs> stop being stupid. Don't think that you have to make up a brand new service. Don't copy people. Do something that your own, and believe in your product. People who don't believe in their product, who are asking money, are not going to be successful. People who copy other people are eventually going to get caught and busted for it. Yeah, just stay, stay true to your product, stay true to what you believe in. Don't think if you're like an online personal trainer that you have to make up exercises. Stick to the basic things that work. Don't lie to your customers and put yourself in the position of your customers. What would they want to buy? What do, what would work for them? How's that? Cool. Tips. There you go, folks. And where, 
do it all wearing bikinis and it helps too. Oh, I haven't tried that one. I need to do the bikini thing, see if, if it helps me grow faster. What do you think? Do you yes. think I should shave the beer for the bikini or not? No, that could be kind of your thing. Beards and bikinis. Oh, there you go. I, I knew you were Yeah, beards and bikinis. I love it. New clothing brand. There you go. Cool. So there's so much fucking noise out there. Like when it comes to nutrition, um, people tend to get confused. Like they don't know what to do. They don't know what to follow. Um, so if someone's listening, that's kind of confused about like, should I do keto diet? Should I do intermittent fasting? Should I do paleo? Whatever. Like, what would you tell that person if they want to like improve their body composition, their nutrition habits? What would, what would be your advice? Be smart about your choices. Now, I am very cautious about people who message me, especially on social media. I get this all the time. Girls will send me a photo of their body and they'll say, hey, I'm five foot seven, I'm 130 pounds. I train heavy and I eat really clean, but I can't lose weight. I've cut out uh, carbs and I do a lot of cardio. I have to be very cautious just to protect my own ass about what I say to that person. I don't know enough about this person. I don't know their history. I don't know what limitations they have. I'm not gonna say, oh, do this, this, and this, and like hit these macros and you'll be perfect. I don't tell people that flexible dieting is like the key for them. I don't tell them that being a power lifter or lifting really heavy weights is gonna work for them because I don't know enough. Ultimately, I tell people to be smart, do the research, and say you are looking into doing a keto diet and you're just not sure about like how to approach it do the research if you believe it to be true and align with your lifestyle try it out you don't know if you're gonna like something or not like something unless you try i've done i'm not gonna say i've done keto because i have not peed on strips but i've done really really low carbs i've done the vegan diet i've done paleo i've done like the gluten-free the organic the high carb, the low carb, the high protein, the no fats, like the intermittent fasting, you name it, I've probably done it. And I had to get through all of those to figure out that they didn't work for me. And that flexible dining work for, works for me. I had to go through the, like the bodybuilding and the CrossFit stuff and the weightlifting stuff to realize that I didn't like it. It wasn't for me until I got to powerlifting. So a lot of it is personal trial and error because not everyone's going to be the same. So if you are confused, one, ask me because I probably can direct you or put you in the right direction or do your research. Well, and do your research, but also try it out, try it out, stick with it. Don't stick with it for like a week and be like, oh, no, nah, I can't do this because then you're just going to screw your body up even more. Stick to something for an extended period of time and then make adjustments accordingly to see how it works. That's, that's awesome advice. Um, one thing that really changed the way I approach nutrition, I, I tried to figure, figure it out by myself for a long time and I wasn't pretty successful at it until one day I decided to hire a coach. And after that, I hired that coach, he taught me about macros, calories, and that's, he got me into, he started to get me into nutrition. But in a month, like working with a coach, I accomplished more than in like three years of trying to figure out by myself and doing CrossFit. So I think one of the advice I would tell that people is also to hire a coach. 
Absolutely. Hire a professional who knows what they're doing. Hire someone that you believe in too. Um, when I have women reach out to me as a client inquiry, they say, oh, I've been following you for like three years and I absolutely like love everything that you do. And I think that like you and I are totally the same person. Those are the kind of like people where it's like, you believe that this coach is saying everything true to your lifestyle, then absolutely. It's probably a good fit. And that's probably where you want to take it to the next level, but don't just like hire someone just to hire someone. If you don't really know much about them or think that they're going to give you amazing results, if you don't know their background or what they've been through, I think a lot of it is more personal experience these days rather than like having certifications or degrees or whatever too. So it's all about experience, whether you hire someone or you do it on your own experience. Agreed. If I, when I, when I, when I work with someone, my, the way I see this, if, if it's not a fuck yeah, then I won't hire that person. Or yeah, work a body person. yes or a fuck no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, I think uh, we're coming up to the end of the podcast. We've been here for a long time. I want to ask you a couple of questions, like rapid fire style, if that's cool with you. Oh, shit. I get so nervous with these. <laughs> um, if, you, if you could put out, a, put out a billboard for all the world to see, what would it say? Buy the Courtney bikini and eat donuts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Aladdin. The, the, the cartoon Aladdin. Not the new one. Cart the That's the new one. It was like terrible. Really? I mean, I didn't like it, but maybe you like it. I was falling asleep. It's just too, like, it's too much of a musical for me. They're singing all the time. I like the old school stuff, the Disney classics. Yeah, for sure. What, uh, if you could pick one superpower, which one would it be? Um, I don't even know. What are my options? This is not rapid fire. Let's go back to it later. Let's go back to it. Save it to the end. Okay. Uh, tacos or donuts? Tacos. 100% tacos. Wow. Um, That's it. That's all I have. You're missing the superpower. Ah, oh, superpower. To see, oh, oh, I kind of can, but to see through people's bullshit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to see through people's clothing. I was like. That, that too. <laughs> there's like this little radar that goes off where it's like, shit detector. <laughs> be like, calling you out. I'm, I'm getting good at that, but having like that, that sure light up. And apparently it's on my head that would help just to make sure yeah cool cool this was awesome i really appreciate the time um if someone wants to find you where can they reach you in mexico <laughs> what's um, the street what's the address street and avenue um it's courtney for life for almost everything so instagram courtney for life with an underscore website courtneyforlife.com facebook courtney for life podcast youtubes all the same. You can find my email address in there, but message me on IG if you want, because I'm always there. Awesome. I'll post the link. I post the links in the description if someone wants to reach you out. So, yeah, really appreciate the time. This was awesome. Um, really enjoyed it. And yeah, I'll see you in the gym next week. Not tomorrow. No, I'm going to Hallbox tomorrow to an event ah. in the Caribbean. 
for people that uh, don't know what Hullbox is. So, Hullbox. Uh, okay. I can't, well, I, I can't pronounce that. For me, if I read it, it's Hullbox. The people say Hullbox. It's, I don't know. it's the, you sound like super when you say that. It's the, the X's are like shh. I know, I, I know. I just, in my mind, my mind like short circuit circuits when I try to say it like that, but I'll work on it. No, I'll teach you Spanish. Don't worry. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate the time and uh, talk soon. Okay. Have a good day. You Stay too. Strong friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.